Open your Bibles to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5 in verse 12. We talked about how that God wants you to reign in life, but he doesn't expect you to do that in your own strength. He wants you to reign in life by the grace of God. So we're talking about reigning in life by or through the grace of God because the grace of God is literally God's ability. So I want to talk more about that today because I got to tell you, if you're trying to walk holy on your own, if you're trying to walk free in your freedom on your own, or trying to do it, Satan will get you in a works mentality and you'll fail, and then he'll be right on your shoulder telling you how horrible you are. And all of its lies. His kingdom is a paper kingdom. You may feel you're bound today, but I'm here to tell you it's an illusion of bondage. And the word of God will go into your mind and uproot that lie. And when a lie is exposed by the word of God, it loses its power. And you'll begin to see yourself the way you really are in Christ more than a conqueror. You have the name of Jesus, the authority in the name of Jesus to walk in dominion, to subdue, to conquer, to walk free in this life. So it says here in verse 12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and we know that's by Adam, when Adam sinned, it said sin entered into this world, and death came in by sin, right? And so death passed upon all men, for all, for that all have sinned. Now if you go down in verse 17, it even tells us a little bit more. For as by one man's offense, Adam's offense, Death reigned. This word reign means to have full and superior dominion. Death reigned by one. But then it says much more. And, and I've said this before in the Greek language. This is so much more it shouldn't even be compared. Much more they which receive the abundance of grace. Notice not who God gives the abundance of grace. It says they that receive it. Why? Because God's already given it. When he gave Jesus, the grace of God could be defined as the finished work of Christ and all that that includes. Now it's not a matter of God giving you something, it's a matter of you receiving it. Satan doesn't want you to know that. He wants you to beg God, oh God, please bless me, oh God, please heal me, oh God, please prosper me, and none of those, none of those prayers get anything done because they're not prayed properly. God doesn't even hear them. They're not prayed according to his will. There's not one scripture in the Bible that says he's going to prosper you and that he's going to heal you. Now there's hundreds of them that says he already has. So it's not a matter of him giving, it's a matter of you receiving. Isn't that good news? receiving. It's, and here's what the word receive means. If this bottle represents salvation, it literally means to receive means to seize hold of it. That's all it means. The whole walk of faith, Satan will just try to get you to let go of what you've, what you've grabbed hold of. That's all it is. And, and to do that, he tries to get you to get your eyes off Jesus. So let's keep going with this. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. 
Remember, righteousness is a gift. You're not clothed in a robe of righteousness that you can take off. No, the Bible says Jesus was made to be sin so that you would be made the very righteousness of God in Christ. Right? It's who you are. They which receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, it says they shall reign in life. That means they will reign. They'll have full and superior dominion. How do they do that? In the Zoe life of God by one Jesus Christ. So then in verse 21, it says, that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness. So the grace of God, the finished work of Jesus, God doing for you what you could never do for yourself, the unmerited favor of God that he showed you when Jesus was made to be sin so you could be made the righteousness of God and he redeemed you out of spiritual death. Where he was, he was beaten, his body was broken. It says in Matthew 8, 17 that Jesus himself bore your sickness and carried your pain so that you don't have to. Isaiah 53, verse 4 and six, four through 6 says, And with whose stripes we are healed. 1 Peter 2, 24, looking back to the cross, says, By whose stripes you were healed. Right? This is so important. So he's redeemed you. Part of the curse of the law was sickness and disease. Part of the curse of the law was poverty and lack. Jesus, it says, Jesus was made poor. Where? on the cross, so that we through his poverty might be made rich, full and abundant supply. He took poverty and lack for you. Now remember, poverty and lack is a spirit, and until you deal with it, they'll never stop dealing with you. But you have authority over poverty and lack. You break the power. Why? Because you've received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. So now, as a righteous child of God, poverty and lack has to bow as I use the name of Jesus. It is written, my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory. And it comes to me through his son, Jesus Christ. Right? So I've been redeemed from these things. And now that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so now the grace of God reigns through righteousness. Right? Through righteousness unto eternal life again by Jesus Christ our Lord. Now jump back in chapter 5. Let's go to verse 1. Verse 1 and verse 2, now let's look at this because we want to we solidify in your life who you are. It says here in chapter 5, verse 1, therefore being justified, this Greek word justified means declared righteous. Therefore being justified, being declared righteous, how? By faith we have peace with God. Wow. Now see, it says, therefore being justified. If you look at the Greek New Testament, it will read this way. Therefore having been justified. You don't grow in righteousness. Why? Righteousness, 
the minute you accepted Jesus, you might not have even known what righteousness is, but you were made the very righteousness of God. Now, as you get in the word and grow, it'll seem like you're growing in righteousness, but you're not. You're, righteousness is your position with God. You'll never be closer to him. It's impossible to get closer to him because you're one with him. But as you grow in the word and as you come to the knowledge of the truth and you see who you've been made in Christ, you become more aware of what this righteousness means. And now the grace of God, the finished work, the healing power, the provision, the, the ability to walk in peace, to be delivered from fear and terror and anxiety, all of these things, the finished work of Christ, wholeness, healing, prosperity, safety, protection, all of these things reign through righteousness. You see that? It says here, by whom, verse 2, also, we have access by faith. Grace, you have to access it. God just doesn't sit on his throne and go, you know, I think I'm going to impart under Pastor Edwin and Lisa uh, some grace. He just doesn't sovereignly do that. You have to access it. And he says, come boldly to my throne of grace, that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in your time of need. You have to access the grace of God. When, when sickness is attacking your body, you access the grace of God. How do you do that? It's through faith. Look at this. Verse 2, By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. See, I if I have symptoms in my body, I can stand and rejoice in the hope the confident, joyous expectation that he's my healer and now I have his word. Psalm 107.20, he sent his word and healed me. So now as I believe that and I speak it and I say, Father, I just believe that I received my healing. I thank you right now that your healing power is working and affecting a cure in me from the tip of my head to the soles of my feet. It's driving out sickness. It's driving out disease. It's driving out infirmity, weakness, whatever it is. I thank you that I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. What's happening now is power is released. See, he's the apostle and high priest of my confession. As I say what he says, power's released, and now sickness and disease, it has to bow to who I am in Christ. Do you see that? Same with poverty and lack. Same depression has to bow. Anxiety has to bow. Fear has to bow. Everything has to bow. Your past and, and all that your past has caused to be stolen from you, all that has to bow, and Satan's got to bring it all back. Proverbs 11.31 says, The righteous shall be recompensed, shall be repaid while you're in this earth. Isn't that good news? Oh, the enemy doesn't want you to know that. And see, immediately your flesh will go, Well, how's that going to happen? And then the enemy's like, Yeah, that's a great question. And he'll start asking you, Forget the how. Right? you got to forget the how. This is so important. Remember we talked about faith. Step number one in faith is you have to know, as Rob so greatly said, that God loves you. Faith works by love. 
It works by a revelation that the God of heaven loves me. His love is unconditional. His love wasn't dependent upon anything that I did and it doesn't stand on anything that I do. He loves me. So faith works, it works by that revelation. The faith of God works in my life by the love of God. But here's a big thing, and we're going to get into this a little bit today. Um, it, talking about the grace of God, it's what helps you fight the good fight of faith so that you can lay hold of eternal life. So many Christians see you believe you receive and then Satan will just start shooting thoughts. Well, you don't feel any different. It doesn't look any different. As a matter of fact, it looks like it's getting worse. And all he's doing, he'll try to get, he'll send people emailing you. He'll send you, he'll, he'll do everything he can to try to get you to let go of what you've received from God because he knows if you get in faith and stay in faith, his word is not subject to change. It will be seen in this realm. God is not a man that he would lie. He's not, neither is he the son of man that he would repent. If he spoke it, he'll do it, right? If he spoke something, he's going to bring it to pass. Hallelujah. So this is so, so very important. And it's so amazing to me that God even put the book of Job in the Bible. It was the first book written in the Bible. I know Genesis is listed first, but Job was the first book written, and it was written by Moses. It's one of the most misunderstood books. I say that loosely because really nobody's ever really read it. They just quote people who think they know, right? Because if you ever study it, boy, it's a brutal book to read, right? But, but it really reveals a truth. And every major theologian says, well, you know, the whole question of the book of Job, you've heard me say this before, is God, why... Did this bad thing, all these bad things happen to me as a good person? But that was never, that could never be the question because God didn't answer that question. He showed up. God showed up. And, and, and what did he do? He said, Job, stand up like a man. And then he started trying to help Job. So Job, you're asking this question to me, right? Why do bad things happen to good people? Right? But, but what, he, didn't, he didn't say that, did he? No, he just started doing this. He goes, hey, Job, um, where were you when I created everything? Um, you know, I, or, or do you know how I created everything? Uh, no, I, I really don't, right? And oh, do you, do you understand how the laws of heaven govern the laws of earth, Job? Um, no, no, sir, I, I don't. And do you understand this and this? And, he, and God is talking about things that are so far beyond our natural knowledge. And Job would be standing there going, um, no, sir, I, I don't understand that either. And, and yeah, no, I don't understand either. And at the end of it, Job looked at God and he realized, just because I don't understand why, that the why is not the issue. The question of Job is, Job, when you don't understand why, are you still going to go, but God, I know that you're good, and I know that you're a blesser, and I know that you're a healer, and I know that you're a restorer. I might not know a lot of things, but I know that. 
and I'm going to trust you even when I don't understand. Guys, that's the, this, the trying to understand is not the deal. Because if you ever get to the point where you finally just stand in your life and it's based on a personal relationship with the God of heaven and you say, Father, I don't understand why I'm going through this. I don't understand why this happened to me as I grew up as a kid in this home. I don't understand all these things, but I do know that I can trust you. And I put all of my trust, all of my dependence, all of my life, I'll trust you all my days. And I'll never move from that. I'll believe you're good. See, you get like that and there is not anything that could ever stop you in life. Because now you have positioned yourself to where now the enemy comes with these stupid questions. You know what, Satan? I don't know, and so what? Because see, this fight of faith is not a fight of knowledge, of knowing everything. This is not a fight of having all the answers. This is a fight of faith. You can know one scripture and have faith in your heart and speak it out of your mouth and change your liver or change your kidney or get cancer out of your body and you don't have to know how that works. Boy, he doesn't want you to know that. You don't have to know how to get from where you are today to get back to where you know there's something for you and a life for you that you haven't experienced yet. You don't have to know how to get there. That's faith. This is so so very important that we walk this way. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So, as we said, I, I, I think we got into this last week. Pull up Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. How you get saved. This is the greatest miracle that's ever happened in your life nothing compares to the fact that when you got saved the god of heaven his spirit came into you and took out your spirit man that was dead and put a brand new one in you that's amazing right. greatest miracle that'll ever happen but it happened the exact same way that you'll receive everything else from god it says for by grace are you saved through faith. That's the, way, that's the way you receive everything from God. You're saved, right? By grace, through faith, and that not of yourself is it a gift, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So if you look at the grace of God, the first work of grace in your life was salvation, right? We receive everything by God's grace through faith. The grace of God did everything for you. He brought salvation. He healed you. He, he's brought prosperity, wholeness. That word is sozo. It's salvation. It means wholeness, protection. It means so many things. Healing, deliverance. It means prosperity. All of these things. Salvation is the initial work. But we must realize you got to realize that you cannot do anything to earn the blessing of God. 
We've, you've got to keep your eye on that fact because your flesh will always get you to try to earn it. And it has nothing to do with that. You can't earn it. He gave it to you. Everything God's given you, he gave it to you by his grace. Now, faith is for the purpose of appropriating the grace. Another way to say appropriating is faith is for the purpose of taking hold of what God's provided you in, in his grace. Does that make sense? So this is, this is big. And we have access into this grace through faith. Through faith. And that causes me to stand. See, we have access through faith into this grace wherein we stand. As you access the grace of God through your faith, it will cause you to stand. Does that say, it'll cause you to stand in the midst of sickness and disease? It'll cause you to stand in the midst of poverty and lack? It'll cause you to stand in the midst of depression, terror, anxiety, all of this stuff? It all has to bow. So this is how it works. 2 Peter chapter 3, let's run here. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. We not only have to access grace, and we access it by faith, but the Bible talks about growing in grace. So that tells me that grace is a progressive work. We'll grow in it our whole life. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, it says this, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Do you know that as you grow in grace, you have to grow in knowledge of Jesus? Your knowledge of grace won't, cannot grow past your knowledge of Jesus. Because grace is the finished work of Jesus. It's God doing for you what you could never do for yourself. Does that make sense? 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. You don't have to turn there. I'll just read it. But 2 Timothy 2, 1 says this. Now this is, this is Paul, a seasoned minister, talking to Timothy, a younger minister. He says, Thou therefore, my son... Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And when, it, when he's this phrase, be strong in the Greek, literally it would read, be continually strengthened inwardly in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Isn't it awesome that the grace is in Christ? It's awesome because you're in Christ. So where do you have to go to get it? Nowhere. Wherever you go, you have access. You could be all alone in a third world country where people want to kill Christians and you could access the grace of God right there and walk in his grace and in his power and fulfill everything that he's called you to do and the enemy can't do anything about it. That's why we walk fearless on this earth. In 1 Corinthians 15.10, we touched on this last week. You don't have to turn there, I'll just read it to you. 1 Corinthians 15.10, it says... Paul talking here, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. And then he says this, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. See, the grace of God is what labors. It's what does the work. How easy is it to access the grace of God? 
Oh man, the grace does the work. You just rest. See, this is why when you rest, you really believe Jesus' three words. There's three words that are really important for you to believe. He said them when his arms were stretched out on a cross. He said, it is finished. Man, you could just look down and go, it, you're finished. Right? Because I'm telling you, when he shut his eyes, he took the keys of death and hell. And now when he came out of that grave, the next time, he sent the 12, he sent the 70 and out. He, he said this everywhere he went, how God anointed me, right? Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost, even with power. He went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. But when he came out of the grave, he said something a little bit different. He said, all authority. All authority has been given to me now. And now he said, now you guys, you go out in my name. You take all that authority. Wow. See, you can't give what you don't have. So God wants you to walk in freedom. He wants you to walk in strength, in power, in authority, so that you can teach others. Where you, how do you teach? You give them the word, but you say, just follow me as I'm following Christ. If I'm not following Christ, do not follow me. Right? But follow me as I follow Christ. We become an example. You must know what the grace of God is. you got to know what it's for in order for you to believe correct things. If you think that God in all of his sovereignty has made a decision to heal one person and not another, I'm sorry, you don't understand the grace of God. You don't even understand God's character because God says, I am not a man that will lie. I'm not a man that will repent. That means to change. Hebrews, what does Hebrews say in chapter 13, verse 8? Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever, right? In the Old Testament, he says, I, I'm the Lord, I change not. I mean, that's kind of clear. Well, maybe the Holy Spirit changes. Well, I don't think so. Because Jesus said, hey guys, I'm going away where I'm going. You can't come right now, but I'm going to give you another comforter. Another, A-L-L-O-S is the Greek word, alos. It means one who is exactly like me. You want to know how the Holy Spirit will lead you? Read the Gospels. Just see how Jesus led his people. Gives you a perfect picture because the Holy Spirit's just like Jesus. James chapter 1, every good, every perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights in whom is no variableness. Variableness means if he does something for one that he won't do for another, he just varied. There's no variableness and there's neither shadow of turning. Isn't it cool? There's no shadows with God. But we have Christians running around going, man, how, I, I need to be led by the Spirit of God. I just don't know. Why, why is this so hard? No, you're just being clouded by your flesh. But if you start learning how to live out of your spirit, it becomes really clear. Because the Word of God will lead you. It becomes very, very clear. Hallelujah. Grace is the divine deposit of the ability of God in a person which will produce outward strength. It, it's a divine deposit. God deposits his grace in me and it manifests in strength 
It'll manifest in a healed body, in provision, in peace, in fearlessness, in a boldness. Christians are not arrogant, right? The in you realities, in case you don't know them from the Bible, this is scripture. In you, God says, you have nothing, you know nothing, and you can do nothing. Father, thank you. Those are some of the most freeing words. But because you, you, you'll sit there and all your pride flowing out of your flesh going, wait a minute, man, I built this company and I've got this degree and I've done this. And you know what God says? Yeah, it's nothing. If you don't believe me in eternity, you won't talk about it. Nobody will remember it. What we're going to talk about is what he's done through us. Now, if you got a degree in him, if you have a company in him, yeah. But if you do that, you'll never be standing there going, I built this and I built... No. But the in him realities are really good. I can do all things through Christ, right? I mean, there's, I could go on and on and on. We don't have time. I love in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, I read this, it's about Paul, when he asked God to take away that messenger of Satan. And we get a real great picture in the Paul's life. He asked, he asked the Lord to take this away three times. Messenger of Satan, it was sent to buffet him. You can see it in the New Testament so clearly in Paul's life. Everywhere he goes, he'd preach. They'd throw him in prison. They'd beat him. They'd stone him. He'd be shipwrecked. I mean, oh, people would rise up and do all this stuff, right? Blow after blow after blow. It's a thorn in the flesh in the Old Testament. You have thorn in the flesh, thorn in the side. It always talked about people who came against the move of God. Very clear. But he said this, God never said, no, I'm not going to take this messenger away from you, Paul. But he did give him his answer. He said, Paul, my grace is, is, not is going to be, not was. No, my grace. See, grace is the finished work of Jesus, but it's present tense is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. And this word weakness, asthenia, or let me see, as, yeah, I think it's asthenia, is, is, that's pretty close. That's a half Sicilian American white guy's version of a Greek word, so whatever, right? But we know this. It means inability to produce results. It doesn't mean sickness. It says my strength is made perfect when you have an inability to produce results. I have an inability to produce the results that I need to produce as a pastor for this church to do everything so that I can stand before God one day and, and he'll look at me and say, man, you know what? Well done. I, I, can't, I can't do it in my own. But I can do it in Christ. Because when I have an inability to produce results, look at, let's keep reading. Paul said, because of this, because his strength is made perfect in our weakness, Paul says, I'm most gladly, therefore, I rather glory in my inability to produce results. That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasures in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake, because when I am weak, then 
I'm strong. One translation, man, I wrote this down and I, I got to find the translation. It's so good. I wrote this down. I'm just going to tell you. Uh, you could throw it out if you don't believe me, but, but look for the translation. If you find it, tell me. Because it says it so well. It says this, I rejoice even in my weaknesses because through the operation of grace, I am made strong. Through the operation of grace, I am made strong. Finally, my brethren, Ephesians 6, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Right? That's what we're talking about here. Grace, again, is the divine deposit of his very ability which produces outward manifestations of his glory. Healed bodies, provision, peace, joy. It all is manifestations of his glory. God puts grace in you to get glory out of you. And the glory of God is his very presence. Grace is a source of power which produces inner strength. So how strong are you? If you operate in the grace of God, you would have to ask, how strong is God? And that's a question that can't be answered. I mean, God answers it like this. I am that I am. Which means whatever you need in every situation, I'm strong enough. Do you see how far above you are than anything that could come against you in this world? And as you walk in this supernatural divine strength and ability of God and what it produces in your life, oh, you won't have to look very far for people coming up to you going, hey, what is going on in your life? You, you, I've seen you face crazy stuff and your joy never, never changes. I have seen you face some financial situations and you always increase. I've seen you be diagnosed with stuff that takes people out where there's no cure and you always are healed. That's what your life is supposed to be on this earth. And it's to draw glory, the glory of God. This, the Bible says that the whole earth, the whole creation is waiting for the children of God on this earth to manifest. And how do we manifest? We walk in the grace of God so that the glory of God comes out. If grace was a tree, glory would be its fruit. The inward strength in your life will produce victory in every test, in every trial, in every... You've heard me say that before, haven't you? For about 12 years, that's right. In every circumstance. I still remember when the Lord told me that. Man, the Lord told me that over 20 years ago. It's, it's fresher now. In Acts chapter 20... In verse 32, look at what this says. Acts 20, 32. Are you guys doing okay? I am really enjoying this. I'm so full right now, what's hard is reading. because I. Uh, but I, you know, if I can't see it, the Lord just tells me what it is. So praise God. Acts 20, 32, it says, And now, brethren, I commend you to God. And then look at this. And the word, the word, of his grace. What's the word of his grace? 
Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Right? Who forgives all my transgressions and heals all my diseases. Who delivers me from all my destructions. Right? All this stuff. That's a word of his grace. Jesus himself bore my sickness and carried my pain. Here's a word of his grace. My God shall supply all of your need. Right? According to his riches and glory. There's the word of God. It's the word of his grace. I commend you to God and the word of his grace. What? Which is able to build you up. Do you need built up today? Man. Now your answer should be, no, pastor, I'm being built up. Because this is so, you're, this preaching, wow. Right? Anything good coming out of my mouth is from him. See, words are just containers. But how would you like to have a, a pastor come in here? It's like, well, some, have you ever seen pastors in movies and on TV? Oh, man. I like the pastor that has 18-inch biceps with a vein this big around sticking out. Just, you know. No, they got these little, you know. They come in, they come in, they, uh, be blessed. You know, words are containers. You can go, be blessed. Or I could come in and go, be blessed. Do you see that? That second one has a lot more in it. A word's a container. Lay hands on the sick and say, you're healed. Now remember... Volume is not power, okay? So don't, I don't want you screaming into people's ears and stuff, you know. Be, be led by the Spirit of God, right? But I was just making an example there. Hallelujah. It says His grace is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all... Now look at this. Among all them that are sanctified. Did you hear that? You, the grace of God, will build you up and give you your inheritance, but it's always going to be among all his people. won't be alone. Because his grace won't be able to build you up alone. You'll be listening to the enemy too much. You need, you need your company. Man, I got to tell you, I've grown more this year. I, 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 in every way, I've grown more this year than I have my whole life. Big part of it's because of you guys. It's the environment that I live in. I'm planted where I'm supposed to be. I'm operating and doing what I'm supposed to do. It's the same for you. We obtain our inheritance with our company. John chapter 15, and then we will close. Hallelujah. Even so, Lord Jesus grow our church to where I could preach three times on a Sunday. In Jesus' name. There we go. John chapter 15, here is a big key, guys. In verse 1, he says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. So Jesus is the vine. Now, I want you to jump down to verse 4. Now, this is a whole other teaching, but I just want you to see one aspect of it. So we're going to leave some verses out here. In verse 4, Jesus says, Abide in me. That means to remain in me. And I in you, as the branch, which is us, we're a branch, right? Cannot, cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide 
in the vine. The branch gives the vine the ability to produce fruit. Do you see that? Everything, this is why the Lord told me this decades ago now, but literally all ministry flows out of the overflow of my personal walk with the Lord. All your ministry flows out of the personal, out of your personal walk with the Lord. All your life does, amen? So this is a huge thing. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. Verse 5, I am the vine and you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. Psalm 1-3, it says, if we'll just, if we'll delight ourselves in the law of the Lord, in the word of God, we'll be like a tree, right? That's planted by more than enough provision, rivers of water, whose leaf never withers. No, no, my body might age, but my leaf will never wither, right? And, and, and here, I'll yield all of my fruit in my season, and whatever I do will be brought to maturity in him. Isn't that good? It's good. I'll have good success. Hallelujah, as, it, as he said to Joshua. Bring forth much, much fruit. Verse 5 again at the end. For without me, you can do nothing. Now jump to verse 7 and I'll finish here. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what, what you will and it shall be done unto you. Jesus is the unlimited vine. So you as a branch, you can do all things through Christ now. Unlimited. If you abide in him and his words abide in you, you'll ask, you'll ask. Now this word ask, again, it's not going to God, oh God, will you please bless me? No, this word ask, it literally means to call for, to require, and to make a demand for. You'll call for, you'll require, you'll make a demand for whatever you will. And here's the thing, if you're remaining in him, your will and his will is one now. Your will and his will. So it's in line with the word of God. So now, Father, I'm calling for my healing. You've already healed me, it's mine. I'm, 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 I require my healing. I'm, I'm making a demand for my healing. Basically, you're not demanding of God, he's already given it to you. Right? You're just saying, hey, uh, what you've already done, I, I need it. And I receive it through faith. So here's the key to access the grace of God, to grow in grace, to be strong in the grace, which is in Christ Jesus. You have to abide in the vine. So be, be not, not a forgetful hearer where you hear this this morning and then you, you stop looking at it and you go your own way and you forget what manner of man you were. No, no, no. You leave this place and whatever the Holy Spirit's speaking to your heart, you keep meditating on that word, whatever that verse is. And all of a sudden light will come and now a desire will start to come out of your heart and, and the word of God will light your, or be a light to your, um, a lamp to your feet. It'll be a light to your path. It'll tell you where to go. 
It'll, 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 he will walk with you. He will lead you and guide you into all the truth. That's how you walk this out.